Hey friends, this is Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training. Today we're going to keep going with this series about the new apostolic reformation and uh, we're talking about dominionism. Uh, yesterday uh, I talked about more of the ecumenical side of dominionism because again, if it works, let's do it is pretty much the philosophy of this movement. And of course, blindly submitting to apostles and prophets who claim that they are hearing from God, right? And we are to submit to this network of apostles and prophets. And let's not worry about doctrine. Let's not get into that old dusty book called the Bible because God is revealing something new to us. We're getting fresh fire. We're getting new wine. We're getting new manna. New something, all right? We're getting something new from the Lord, and we're not going to pay attention to all those old, dusty books of the Bible, right? And that's kind of the mentality that you get from this type of movement. See, Peter Wagner uh, says this. He said this was in a, a letter posted online in 2007. He says, our theological bedrock is what, what, what has been known as dominion theology, this means that our divine mandate is to do whatever, check this out, whatever is necessary by the power of the Holy Spirit to ret retake the dominion of God's creation, which Adam forfeited to Satan in the Garden of Eden. Guys, he's saying to do whatever is necessary to take back the kingdom. Now, I know, see, Peter Wagner is an interesting guy because he has a lot of quotes that sound very peaceful, uh, and, you know, he's just trying to influence society for the better. And if that was all he was doing, that would be fine. But when we start getting this mentality that, well, we're going to do whatever is necessary, whatever works, one, and, and let's not question whether it's right or wrong. The question really is, does it work or not? And secondly, is, is that really what God wants us doing? Now, I understand we are supposed to influence our society for the better, but how do we do that? We do that by changing lives through the gospel, through salvation, people coming to Christ and then God's word changing them from the inside out, uh, imposing our morality on society. Well, friends, I, you know, I suppose in, in matters of, like, murdering innocent children, well, I guess I'm kind of okay with that. Uh, but at the same time, guys, you're not changing the heart at that point. You're forcing others to, to observe your perspective of morality. And what does that do? Well, it, it generally creates a spirit of rebellion. This isn't going to end well for us, guys. We need to focus on the gospel, preaching the gospel, and that is what changes hearts. But as far as pragmatism goes, I, I want to elaborate on this a little further because see, Peter Wagner, he gets into this a little bit more on, you know, if it works, do it, all right? Uh, he says this, we ought to see clearly that the end does justify the means. Wait, what? Really? What else possibly could justify the means? Wow. Is that not asking the wrong, the wrong question? What else could possibly justify the means? Uh, wait. Okay, so going on. If the, method, if the method I am using accomplishes the goal I am aiming at, it is for that reason a good method. 
If, on the other hand, my method is not accomplishing the goal, how can I be justified in continuing using it? All right, so, okay. Oh, boy. So, so he's talking about justifying the means. And the means, you know, this means, this mission of his, it's assumed that it's straight from God, right? So at that point, it just comes down to uh, the means and justifying the means. And what else could possibly justify the means? As if we as Christians should be justifying the means. Well, the means are the gospel, actually. Uh, spreading the gospel, showing people that they are sinners in need of a Savior, and bringing them to the cross. That is actually what we should be into here. But, well, see, Peter Wagner has us on this other quest of trying to take control, socio-political control over the society. All right. He also says this, no church can do everything. How do we choose? The new apostolic answer is simple. Do whatever works. <sighs> Among new apostolic church leader, leaders, whether denominational or otherwise, there is little aversion to pragma pragmatism. Uh, yes, there is. Okay, anyway, moving on. They say if God has given us a job to do, let's get it done. If a methodology works, use it. If it doesn't work, scrap it. Actually, I would add, or I would change that to say, if it fits with the Bible, use it. If it doesn't fit with the Bible, or if it's offensive to God, even worse, scrap it. That would be the biblical position. This, this, is, this is nonsense. This is scary stuff. He goes on, new apostolic church leaders constantly seek ways to update and contextualize their outreach ministries. Well, you know, okay, I I'm okay with updating and uh, trying to keep things fresh to an extent. But again, if you're compromising on the gospel and the truths found in the Bible, uh, if you're doing things that are offensive to God, or watering down the gospel, or, you know, skipping over parts of the Bible, that that's a problem, guys. And that's what we should be avoiding, not embracing, because, well, somehow, in your mind, you think it's working to whatever goal you're trying to get to, right? Okay? Oh, man. So, as we've mentioned already a little bit earlier in this series, uh, the New Apostolic Reformation often refers to this Dominionism cause, uh, kingdom now, or kingdom now theology, right? They're trying to bring about the kingdom now. They want to take dominion. It's also referred to as the gospel of the kingdom. Man alive, that's got to offend God. Uh, in fact, Dale Neal, uh, president of the International Christian Chamber of Commerce, man... This, okay, he says it this way, and this is this is definitely NAR speak. Uh, he says the gospel, the church must grow past the gospel of salvation. Oh man, alive! That is a disaster right there already. The church must grow past the gospel of salvation message and understand that it is only when we begin to implement the principles of the gospel of the kingdom, hmm, that we will really begin to see changes, see change in lives and cities and nations. The church has no understanding of this realm 
the church must grow up. And this is the kind of goofy stuff that I would hear uh, in this hyper-charismatic church that I was a part of. I specifically remember one Sunday the pastor going on and on about how we've heard too much of the Bible already. We've received too much Bible instruction already. We need to move past the gospel. We need to move outside of the Bible into what God is doing now, into, and, and basically I'm quoting in a roundabout way, into extra-biblical revelation. And so one of the ways that this movement uh, attempts to bring about this uh, dominion, you know, bringing about the, the Christian's dominion over this earth is through something that is referred to as the Seven Mountain Mandate, not to be confused with the Seven Mountain Men. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry about that, guys. The Seven Mountain Mandate, that is, they attempt to take control of the seven areas of society. And those would include uh, business, family, education, uh, religion, arts and entertainment, the media, and lastly, and what they consider the most important, is the government. All right, And so they believe that through taking over these seven great areas of influence, or these seven mountains of influence, they'll be able to basically, well, legislate morality, to take over society. Now, again, where do you find that in the Bible? It's simply not there. Uh, we are given this great commission to go make disciples of all nations, which, oh, by the way, I should add, many of those that are part of this Dominionist movement slash the New Apostolic Reformation take that as meaning, and this is completely departing from how this verse has been interpreted and understood uh, since, <laughs> since the beginning, uh, they take that to mean, go make disciples of uh, nations. Not people, not individuals within nations, but nations. And, of course, by disciples. They're not necessarily meaning, let's preach the gospel to them, and when they get saved, then we'll teach them through the scriptures, giving them God's word, and by the Holy Spirit's leading, uh, they will conform their life, they'll renew themselves, you know, they'll be sanctified in the Lord, they'll change their lives from the inside out, because of their love for Christ, because of the salvation, because of the change inside, and not because of some weird, oppressive, uh, Christian Taliban government type societal uh, situation going on. That's freaky stuff right there. I mean, now we're starting to harken back to the Catholic Church and the many attempts that they have made uh, towards world domination and forcing some kind of faith down the throats of unbelievers. And by the way, guys, you guys have listened to me long enough, you know that I don't see Catholic theology as Christian theology. I believe many Catholics get, get saved in spite of the church, only because they're reading their Bibles. Uh, but if they're following after the official doctrines of the Catholic church and believing that that wafer is actually the body of Jesus that's being broken and sacrificed over and over and over, you know, and, and all these other things that they believe, like praying to Mary, 
and praying to saints and being saved through through meritorious works and observing sacraments, all that is nonsense. It's not Christian. It's unbiblical. It's not found in the Bible. I think I just got a little redundant there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. The point of the Seven Mountain Mandate is to have, well, operatives, Christian operatives in these different seven areas of of influence, these mountains, uh, infiltrating and gaining positions of prominence in these different areas and thus uh, spreading our influence, ours in Christianity, I'm saying that loosely, uh, onto society. And so all these operatives, all these Christians who are part of this movement are, are submitting to this network of apostles and prophets that I mentioned earlier. Again, think about covering theology here. And so you've got this network of apostles and prophets. You don't question their authority, okay? They get these quote-unquote words from the Lord, okay? You need to do this, you need to do that. Boy, you know, this almost feels like a Masonic or some kind of secret society fraternity in certain ways where you get these commands from on high. You're not exactly sure where they're coming from. Maybe you are, but you don't question them. And you carry out you carry out your orders in this particular sphere of influence that you have. By the way, those who are in charge of these different areas of influence are referred to as workplace or marketplace apostles. All right, so they're the ones who are handing orders, these supposed revelations from God to those who are within the the different areas of influence, you know, different operatives, different. Christians, if you will, that are in these different areas uh, in order to carry out these various tasks and eventually take dominion, again, by whatever means is necessary, uh, over society, over the world. Now, one of the ways or some of the ways that they also plan on achieving this dominion is through supernatural signs and wonders, supernatural powers, uh, through prayer walking, taking dominion over areas, you know, doing mass repentance of various sins that have happened in the past in certain areas, renouncing things, having words of knowledge so that you understand different territorial problems, you know, various sins that have happened in, in different areas of the world. You have this mass repentance and you reclaim the land, there is uh, deliverance slash, you know, uh, um, binding Satan or demons and casting these demons out of certain areas. Uh, friends, those are some of the topics that are going to be coming up in the next couple of days. How, how biblical is this stuff? Where do we draw the line? What, what is this? And so we're going to talk about these Supposed supernatural signs and wonders that they are performing. We're going to talk about binding satanic forces, taking uh, um, dominion over areas by binding the demon that is uh, supposedly in charge of certain areas, uh, binding Satan, and these other words of knowledge, uh, prayer walking, prayer mapping. What is all this stuff? We're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to find out just how biblical it really is. And so I'm going to stop right here, friends. If you guys would like to chat about this, you can catch me on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, and also myworldviewpage.com. Uh, with that, I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.